You know I'm gonna get you, yeah. Whatever it takes to get there. No, I won't drop you. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I am your host, Adam Caster. Here, not as always, but here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Usually we're on the fantasy show, but now we're doing an emergency episode of the Basement Talk Podcast to talk about something that's kind of interesting. I might end up joining... Emphasis on emergency, Adam. Emphasis. Emphasis emphasis on emergency. I might be joining our uh, friend from Required Radio, Ryan Genio, as a West Ham supporter in the near future. (laughs) I might. Uh, I think if if there is one that I would support, uh, I would probably just go up Bayern. Yeah, I mean, maybe. If I had to pick one from the Prem, I would probably I would probably say Leicester. Leicester are good. It's a good team. Leicester or uh, or Everton. Ooh, Everton's also a good shout. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. the The reason that we're here today is to talk about the. It's so weird because it's. Leagues, the not the top five leagues, but leagues one, two, and four, basically ranked uh, money or popularity wise, because it's La Liga, uh, the Premier League, and Serie A. Twelve teams from those three leagues are breaking off and forming their own European Super League, which they're saying is going to be a replacement for the Champions League. It is basically a closed off competition. Um, they're looking at their 12 teams there so far. Um, it's Arsenal, Tottenham, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Juventus, say, yeah. AC Milan, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona. Yep. And then they're thinking about adding, you told me it was Benfica, Porto. And potentially one more. And RB Leipzig. Potentially, yes. So they're going to be forming... Those so it's gonna be those 12 teams and then a potential three additional teams, and they're gonna be founding members of this European Super League, which is supposed to be the cha- the replacement league for the Champions League. And basically, unlike the Champions League, these 15 teams will qualify every year, every single year, regardless. They could get listen, if they if they're allowed back into their domestic leagues, if they get relegated from from the Premier League or from La Liga or from uh, Syria, then they could st- they'll still play in this European Super League. Men's City could lose all their money and go back to League One, and we would still be playing in the European Super League. That's how it works. We'd lose every fucking game, but that's how it would work. It's dumb. I mean, you you know me well enough by now, Adam, where you, normally I have a response to just about everything. I'm usually very quick-witted, very, uh, very snappy in terms of my responses. This, I mean, fuck. By the way, I will be swearing a lot this podcast, just a heads up for those that are 
sensitive. Welcome to the club. I mean, oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, where, where do where do you even want to start with this? Like what, where is like the, the, the place that we can start to have this, this conversation? Do we want to talk about these 12 owners and what a bunch of fucking pricks they are? Do you want to start and talking about what this just does to football as, as a whole? Uh, do you want to talk about the financials of this? I mean, there's just so many different avenues that we can go down here. I mean, oh, God, Christ. Well, I guess we could talk about what caused this to happen in the first place. And that is the fact that starting next season, or is it next season or two seasons from now, the Champions League is going to be switching to the, the Swiss format. And they're going to be adding more teams, more games, more fixture congestion, um, especially for teams like uh, Man City, Chelsea, United, teams that go far in almost every competition that care about every competition, more or less, and they go far. Care is relative. Care is relative, but uh, whatever. They go far in almost every competition. Yes. And it's going to be hell for fixture congestion because you're having, because you're going to have like basically another group or two of teams. And then there's also the, the Europa Conference League, which is going to be like the third tier European competition which, I mean, gives more teams the opportunity to get European money, but, I mean, it's not going to be a lot because you people already see that getting money from the Europa League is so much less lucrative than, than the Champions League. So this, has been, this kind of Super League has been in, in discussions and negotiations for years. I remember a couple of years ago, I think in 2019, there were rumor, rumors of this really heated up. Because uh, a Der Spiegel article talked a bit about it. Arsene Wenger had mentioned the Super League back in 2009. He was yeah. ahead of everybody when he said in 10 years' time, there will be a Super League that's formed. And he was right. He was right. My manager. He's two years off, but yeah. He, My, he manager. Was right, though. My manager. Although Mario, was coming. Mario Balotelli said that when Liverpool are crowned champions, then the whole world is going to go to shit. So he's also right. Super Mario is, uh, some would call him a uh, modern philosophical mind. Yes. But this is kind of what caused the the teams to uh, separate and start this European Super League. Basically, anybody who's watched American sports like us should be increasingly familiar with the format. It's actually kind of scary how similar it is. The best comparison that I heard was imagine college football. You have Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, USC, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Clemson, Oregon, all leaving, forming their own conference, their own league, and leaving their own respective conferences to die. Pretty much. That's that's what this is. That's right. exactly what this is. Well, I'm saying like the structure of how the season will go is so similar. It's actually scary where you have two conferences 
or two group. They're going to say it's two groups of teams. Everybody plays home and away against uh, teams in their respective groups. And then I think it's like the top four or five teams in each group playing a playoff, um, uh, two-legged playoffs and knockouts. And then at the end of the season, you, you crown a champion. You crown a champion. Yeah. It's very much like, you know, basketball, hockey, football, or not, not really football, but more like MLS, actually. Yeah, but this this is like this is my underlying problem is that you know this needed to be fixed. This this it, the setup that we have is so terrible and need, it needs to be fixed. I mean, come on. I like the stru- I like the structure that they have. I just don't like the fact that the, these teams are leaving their respective leagues in the dust. The, the whole thing about it sucks. The whole there's not one good thing about it. Honestly, there there is just not one good good thing about this. Um, it you can go and you can talk about how just and, and even just in English football in general, where you have this basic trickle down economics that happens, where the teams at the top, of course, make the most money, but then what ends up happening is it then funnels down the ladder. So you have teams in the championship that'll benefit from clubs at the top. You'll have teams that are in League One. You'll have teams that are in League Two. You'll have local sides. You'll have county sides. Things like that that benefit off of having the big, mighty clubs there. And you take that out of the equation, football dies. That's not just in England. That's in every country around Europe. It, it, football absolutely flat out dies. And right, I mean, that's what yeah. the, that's what it feels like is 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 happening. That it's just going to be a complete separation between these big clubs, so-called big clubs, and the little guys, the minnows. And I mean, this number one. This is a clear indication that more than anything else in the world, it all comes down to one thing and one thing only: greed. Lining these owners' pockets with money. Teams that are in this Super League right off the bat get a check for 400 million euros. Right off the bat. All funded, of course, by J.P. Morgan Chase, who are pledging around 5 to $6 billion into this Super League. Right off the rip. That's where the funding is coming from. So each team immediately upon entering is getting a 400 million euro check. Then on a year to year basis, they will receive 325 million just for being in it with a bit more going to the winner. Some speculate that it would be nearly twice as much for if a club were to win the champions league, the premier league, the FA cup, the league cup, said there's some sources out there that say it's worth double that, which is just a stupid amount of money. But that's what this comes down to. It comes down to these owners who, for better or for worse, have been losing money. All these football clubs have been losing money since the start of the pandemic. It's no secret. They They are like everybody else that are completely losing cash from 
from no fans being in the stadium, from fans not being able to go out and buy some of the club's memorabilia, because of course everybody is tight with money these days. So the owners are, are, are feeling it. And this is a way to just line their pockets with, with some easy cash. And it comes down to greed and greed only. And you know what? It, it, this is where I talk, I talked to a few people about this yesterday and I, I did not talk to one person who is happy with this, which is quite unusual that everybody seems to be in the same camp with this. Cause you, you yeah. don't see that anymore. You don't no, see you... everybody united on one front where you have Arsenal fans working with Tottenham fans, where you have many United fans working with Man City fans. I mean, it, it's, it's just like this, this has completely brought everybody together from every form of life that loves this game, that loves football. Everybody is united on this front, whether you're an ex-player, whether you are a coach, whether you are a current player, whether you're a fan, whether you work for the club, whatever it may be, everybody is united against these owners. And it's nice to see. Now it's about being consistent and keeping up with the pressure that is starting to be mounted, where if this does happen, which from what I believe, it seems real. It seems very real. Like this is going to at least attempt to go down we as football fans need to be consistent in not going and buying the product which this is going to be available on so if it's on paramount plus getting getting rid of it it's on peacock get rid of it not going and buying a shirt from the club store not going and buying anything from the club in general if you live in the uk and you are you are a season ticket holder Get rid of your season tickets on the spot. Do not give these owners even the slightest, the slightest feel that people are interested in this. Because bottom line is if they do, this it will go. It will go on. And I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures that have come out of the UK outside of Old Trafford, the Emirates, Anfield at least, and, and the Etihad as well. It's like a fucking war zone right now. Because oh, yeah. Of, because of all the fans that are going and protesting and letting them know, which is very interesting considering at least the United States is around 50% open. The UK is not in that spot. England is not in that spot yet. So they're still people like are going out. It's like yeah. in Canada where they're still kind of under lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. They're, go- they're going out and they're voicing their frustrations. And you know what? I don't blame them. I don't blame them because you because you know what if I were there and I was in that same situation I would do the same exact thing because they are taking 150 plus years of league football and they are about to destroy it with one snap of the fingers. I know this is so different. It's crazy because 30 years almost 30 years ago something similar like this happened when um, when the Premier League was formed. There was big opposition to that too. Yep. And people thought, even back then, I think they thought that that would lead to a European Super League. And the initial plans for the Premier League was to be a competition where it was basically the big four just playing each other. Because at that point, you know, Chelsea and Man City 
did not uh, have their riches. But regardless, we were still in the first division. But regardless, um, that that's how that's how they thought of it. And then it was kind of they were worked down to to what we know today is the Premier League. But the thing about promotion and relegation, and the fact that it's integral to football, where you can't. It's the same way how like okay, it's hard. You can't go back when you when you implement promotion and relegation. You can't just say no, we're not doing that anymore, because then you have all these teams, you can't have, you have all these teams who are, you know, viable lower in the lower divisions are like, Oh, so I guess what we're doing is, is meaningless. It, it, that's exactly it, Adam. You hit the nail right on the head. I mean, what happens when uh, I, I can only speak on my own club when I say this, but Arsenal is shit, like tr- proper shit. Like I have no problem saying that. We drew was, against Fulham. And that was the day that this thing all got announced. Right. Like, are, are, are we serious? Are, are, are we serious? What makes Arsenal worthy to sit at the table with these 12 elite clubs? Same, same with Tottenham. Tottenham haven't won a league title in... 19, 1961 was their last league title. Atletico Madrid have never won a European trophy. Well, yet, okay. Yet neither they are yet they are in this position. Come on. And Tottenham just sacked Jose Mourinho like good. today. Terrific. Also, that's it was much needed good news. But at least Atletico Madrid have won La Liga recently in the in the recent in the recent past. Yeah, but is, is, does anybody really say that Atletico Madrid are one of the powers of European football? No. 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 Celtic have won more European trophies than Atletico Madrid have. Nottingham Forest have won the Champions League. So has Aston Villa. Aston Villa have won a European trophy. Yeah, Atletico Madrid have not. So, so I, I don't yeah. I don't want to hear that. that Wait, not one Madrid European all- trophy? Not even like the Cup Winners Cup? Well, Arsenal won the Cup Winners Cup, but that that means nothing. Didn't Aston Villa, I mean, didn't Atletico Madrid win the Europa League a couple years ago? Not the Champions League. No. It's not the Champions League. That's what we're after. That's what everybody's after. You win win the Europa League, I mean, good for you. Well, don't say that they've never won a European trophy. Did I say European trophy? I apologize. meant Champions League. Okay. I apologize. Yes, they did. They did win the... um, the Europa League a few years ago, I believe it. I believe that was against Marseille. Yeah. I think it was. I, I believe it was, if I remember. They also probably won. I think they won against Fulham that one year that Roy Hodgson took him to the Europa League final. Could, yeah. But, but yeah. Uh... But it's still ridiculous, regardless. We're getting off topic. It's ridiculous that this is even happening. And the reason that we say that it that I said at the beginning that it's going to quote unquote supplant the champions league, that everything, that everything's going to be fine. Uh, you have FIFA and UEFA coming out and saying, yeah, if they, any players that play in this super league are not going to be playing in their domestic competitions. And 
Yeah, and FIFA even went to a point saying that they could be banned from international competition. That would be the thing that would that would kill this dead. You have players like really? You don't think no, so? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This it would it would not kill this dead. Because you you would have these clubs basically that would buy players and say, okay, you have a choice. You could make XYZ and be absolutely loaded and make more money playing in the Super League but not playing international duty. Or you can make less money but still play for your country. I know which way I would take. I, I would rather play for my country. Obviously, I think that's what, that's what every, every little boy, I think, you know, dreams of that. I mean, they, do you really they, think that Harry Kane, Phil Foden, Lionel Messi – Sergio Aguero. That's the point. That's that that that's the point. Is I don't think that top players would want to stay, but I don't think it's a deterrent from the owner's perspective of not making this happen. I think these owners are just going full steam ahead, and whoever's not on board, they can jump ship. Well, here's the thing. Also, it's going to be like it's like you have the you have this where you have this rule, this ruling where, you know, the, the club, the clubs aren't going to be playing in the domestic leagues potentially. And then you have players potentially, you might have an exodus of top players because they still want to represent their countries and get a chance to win the world, the world cup. Cause outside of, you know, playing club football, that's what really is the goal yep. is to win a, a world cup for your country. I agree with you. I agree. And then, that's going to, as a result, that's going to like domino into this not having as much money or as much staying power because all the top players are going to be, are still going to be playing domestic football. Well, I look, I look at it this way. Could Super League become sort of a retirement home? Could some of these players choose to go play in whatever league exists outside of that where they are allowed to play international go do something international stage and then when they're done with international football the whole bit they go to they go to the super league and it becomes sort of an mls extension well so you don't pay if you're jp morgan and chase you don't pay 400 million dollars a pop or 400 million euros a pop for a retirement home you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir. But they, they, seem, they seem to think that there is some level that they can reach with UEFA and FIFA and, and any other um, associating party, let's say, that they will be able to work this out. Hell no. Hell no. Why? What – how does this benefit anybody else outside of the owners? It doesn't. It absolutely does not. And what this is going to come down to, like I said before, it's going to come down to the supporters putting pressure on these owners to get the fuck out of the sport. John Henry, the Glazers, Stan Kroenke, Roman Abramovich, Daniel Levy, uh, Florentino Perez, all of them. Get the fuck out of the game. Enough is enough. They 
the set I can say for myself, for me, Arsenal as an institution, as a respected footballing institution, died on Sunday, April 18th. Died. Everything that was built from Herbert Chapman, Liam Brady, everything that was done at Highbury, Arsene Wenger, Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, David Rocastle, dead. Dead. Because of one fucking son of a bitch. His name is Stan Kroenke. And I'll put Josh Kroenke in, in there as well. Worth mentioning. Fuck them. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way <laughs> for, for Man City. I mean, I just don't... I, it's not that I don't get it, because I do, because it's money. But, I mean, we I just don't even know what to say, because it's like, it's ridiculous. I know what I could say. Big ups, okay. big ups to PSG and to Bayern. And to Dortmund, honestly. And to also. Borussia Dortmund as well, for not getting in on this. I'm sure that Leicester was probably, Leicester and Everton were probably invited also. No. They were not. No? Nope. I'll tell you why. Because they don't want this small club mentality in this new Super League. That's what this is. This is Arsenal get out of jail free card. Because they know they're probably not going to be qualifying for the Champions League next year. They are not getting back into the Europa League. Odds are. So what's, what's their avenue back into a steady cash flow. And so the Cronkies aren't swimming underwater. So that way their investment can be protected into Arsenal football club by starting a new super league where they're banking 325 million a year from now until whenever, and a finder's fee of 400, 420 something million, whatever the hell the number is right off the rip. That's what this is. It's protecting the Cronkies investment. And I can only, again, I can only speak from Arsenal's point of view because I am an Arsenal fan, but if you want to, you can apply it to John Henry with Liverpool. You can apply it to Joel and I forget the other Glazers name at Manchester United. You can apply it to Sheikh Mansour at Manchester City. Whatever owner that's involved in this, Stephen Zhang at Inter Milan, you can throw it all into this, this shitty, horrible, wretched breadbasket that we now find ourselves in. I mean, who better than Florentino Perez to be the guy who's the chair of oh, this? Oh, God. You I hate kidding. him so much. You, you, you aren't fucking kidding. And you, and you want to know this, the, the shittiest look of all is, so um, Vinay, who I can't say his last name, but he's the chief executive of, of Arsenal. Vinay Van Kentisham, I think, I think is how you say it. He was elected to the... European Clubs Association, the ECA, he was on their board as I believe it was a vice chairman. He was elected to the board, to the board, March of 2021. We are in April of 2021. Arsenal left the ECA. Juventus out of the ECA. Andrea Agnelli. He was the president. Was he the president of yes. the ECA? Correct. And he's stepping down to be on the board of the European Super League. Correct. I believe. 
I, he, I believe he's the he's the vice chairman of yeah. the uh, the Super League under yeah. uh, under Paris. It's, <sighs> it's Perez, Agnelli, and uh, Glazer. That's crazy. Well, and, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. That's crazy because, you know, I actually just watched a couple weeks ago. I just watched a video um, on YouTube from this YouTube channel. I'm going to plug them here. It's called Rubona TV. I don't know if you you ever heard of it. I do know that. Yes. So he, Adrian is the guy who who runs it. He did a video on the Glazers and how they, and their leverage takeover of Man United and what, and how they've basically been piling debt onto the club to make themselves richer. And that was like a whole 20 minute video on how they're doing that and how they're using Man United as a cash cow and how they don't really care about how, like where Man United finishes in the league care. because they just make the money. They don't care. And John, John Henry doesn't care. Stan Kroenke doesn't care. I mean, Stan Kroenke hasn't put a penny into Arsenal. He takes out a finder's fee of roughly one and a half million euros a year. It's like selling Messi every what? single year. We're doing what? It's literally, literally it is like selling Messi every single summer transfer window. That is what you're getting. But anyway, what I was saying was, yeah, I watched that video and like, now I understand where, um, you know, where the, where Man United fans are wearing the green and yellow scarves at games that you see, or that at least that you used to see when fans were allowed back in grounds, at least Man United fans have FC United of Manchester to go to, to go to now, if they really hate the Glazers, well, or Salford city. Well, there was something that I heard, which I thought was very interesting. And I forget where this was. So I, I apologize to whomever said this, but you look at the names of some of these clubs, right? They're very generic names that are not tied to geographical locations on the map. Arsenal. Well, most, most of them are. Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Real, Juventus. They're not tied to a specific geographical location. So what this says to me is, oh, okay, how many, ga- how many home, matches, home matches for the Super League are going to be out at Stan's piece-of-shit stadium out in L.A.? Well, you know, probably a good every, amount. Probably everybody's, good amount. Everybody's favorite club president, Florentino Perez, wanted to play La Liga matches in America not two years ago. Yep. Yep. But well, I mean, so, well, most of the clubs actually are tied to a geographical location. Like, well, Manchester City, Manchester United, Atletico Madrid. Liverpool's Barcelona. a real place. <laughs> well, Madrid. Madrid okay, is also okay. Well, you want to put Real Atletico in there? You can put Atletico in there. Yeah, sure. Barcelona. Well, Barcelona's in there. Yeah. Is it Chelsea Manchester, a place Manchester in London? United, Manchester City. No one's going to just say, "Oh, it's not going to be." It's not just going to be, "Oh, City." Oh, United. No, it's Manchester United. It's Manchester City. Yeah, yeah sure. It's it's Real and Atletico. Okay, sure. That's how most people know them. But City United, like, okay, there's. Uh, there's uh, Newcastle United and there's Leicester City. Like, come on, joke. But this this is where I I I go off the chains here, Adam. So if I get if I get too carried away, uh, please stop me. Okay. Okay. 
So I don't know if you read any of the statements that were on any of these clubs uh, websites. The weird thing is I didn't even see anything from Man City's social media page. They didn't say nothing. anything about nothing, this. There was nothing posted about it. There were, as far as I know, there were three clubs that posted statements. It was Arsenal, it was Liverpool, it was Chelsea that I looked. Arsenal posted their statement, basically giving the whole bullshit about uh, we are joining this new Super League. We will we'll provide more information to fans. Uh, once it becomes available, but then, then the part that gets me going, I got me so riled up. You don't see any quotes from Stan Kroenke saying what this does for the fans. You don't see any quotes from Josh Kroenke about what this does for the fans. You know who was quoted in that article on an Arsenal website? This statement. This statement that was posted on Arsenal Twitter, Arsenal Instagram, Arsenal.com. You know who's quoted in that? Who? Joel fucking Glazer. Why do I, as an Arsenal fan, give a single flying fuck about what that prick from Manchester United is saying about the Super League? I don't want to fucking hear from him. I want to hear from Stan. I want to hear from Josh. But where are they? nowhere to be fucking found those fucking arrogant bastards that's what they are arrogant evil conniving bastards and you know what i hope i hope to god that boris johnson i love him with my whole heart i hope love him absolutely love him i hope that there is some way that he is able to get these owners to sell every last penny that they have invested into these clubs and will bar them from doing business in the UK. I hope so. I, I, well, I really do. Here's the funny thing. The, the irony is probably not lost on a lot of people that the big six clubs from England are going to be in this European Super League when the UK is no longer in Europe. That's, that's the, that's the sheer irony of it. Yes. And then economically speaking, they're not in Europe. And then the people that will also be on the offensive with the, with the, with the super league and defending it is they will say that, Oh, well, so much for the Premier league trying to be, you know, this on this moral high ground when they charge on sky sports in, in, in the UK, they were charging $14.99 uh, for pay-per-view matches during the early dog days of the pandemic. That, that, oh, yeah. That's that the flip exclusive. side of this. That there, there's, no moral, there's no moral standing in football. That, But it just so happens that UEFA and FIFA are trying to protect the little guy in this instance. But, you know, what does that really mean in, in, in hindsight? And they make a valid point. They do make a valid point. It's true. I mean, you know how expensive tickets at the Etihad are? Like uh, ridiculously Arsenal expensive. Arsenal has the most expensive season ticket in Europe. It's actually crazy. I'd rather be a fan of a Bundesliga team because at least those tickets are reasonably priced. Well, there's a lot of appeal to be a fan of a Bundesliga team when it is under law. It is law-abiding that every Bundesliga club needs to be 50 plus 1% owned 
by the fans. It cannot be owned by a private entrepreneur. It has to be publicly owned 50 plus 1%, which is what I wish every football club would be because that's what football is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about the fans. It's supposed to be about the supporters. We pledge our hard-earned dollars, our emotional energy, our physical strength sometimes. Our time. That's important. Our time, our effort, yeah, into our passion, our commitment into into our clubs. And I know I could speak for myself when I say, look, I, I, I love Arsenal. I, I love it like it's like the child that I can't get rid of. So people, when people have said to me that, oh, you could easily just not watch. No, I can't do that. Because it, it, that's like me disowning my kid. You know, I, I, I just physically don't have it in me to do that. But at the same time, I know that if this is just fucked, I don't necessarily have a choice. And it's one of those things that, you know, it, it, it tears at me. It, it really does. Because this is, this is not the club that I fell in love with. It's, it's not. It's completely gone away from, from that. And I've only been a supporter of Arsenal Football Club for, God, I'm going really, to really date myself now. This, this is bad. For about 18 years. I've been a supporter of Arsenal and, you know, you're going to ask me, you know, just like that to say, I'm not supporting them anymore. You know, it's not something that easy that will easily get done, but at the same time needs must. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those deals where my question, we know that Dortmund and Bayern most likely, if not definitely, are not going to be part of this. And PSG. Well, no. Well, that's where I was going with it. Yeah. How long until PSG or even Monaco or just French clubs in general um, try and be a part of, of the Super League? I just think French football in general is just so it, – it, it already is very closed off. And I don't think that you're going to see any French team because they are so passionate about their own game, about French football, that they don't see a need to want to go outside of that because they feel like what they have in Ligue 1 is the best and fair play to them that they, that they have that, that sort of, uh, that sort of feel because clearly it's uh, it is lacking in uh in in the premier league with these with these uh foreign owners i will say however if there is one that could go on the uh could go down this avenue i'm surprised that it didn't happen it is uh marseille just because of frank mccourt who was the former yeah. owner of the los angeles dodgers every time every time i hear his name just like oh geez yeah yeah that that's probably the only one that i could that i could think of that would break that that would break off like that but outside of that, I don't think I don't think you see a French team in it just be, just because of the the true passion that France has for its own footballing identity and what Ligue 1 
represents. Well, that's the, uh, the, the crazy thing about Lee Gun is that they're already kind of, I mean, they're the, they just don't have a lot of money, really. They, they, did, they weren't able to finish their season um, last year after, like, it, when the pandemic began, they, they just straight up canceled it. And, um, you know, they sold out their sponsorship to Uber Eats. And they they have the least amount of qualifying teams for Europe. I think it's like they only get two teams to qualify for the Champions League. Yes, they only get two. Two two for the Champions League, then one for the Europa League. So right. three. So three total. So it, I mean, if if a big team like PSG, like Monaco, Marseille, Lyon leave Ligue 1, Ligue 1 will will be dead. I don't know about that because because you, 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 if PSG leave, then yes. P, PSG leave, yes. But if it's if it's Monaco or Marseille, probably not. They they would still have a fighting chance. But plain and simple, you you have the top six of the Premier League leave. You you, you go top to bottom. You're going to see clubs shutting down their doors and. Congratulations, Brendan Rodgers. You're gonna win. You're gonna win a bunch of Premier League titles now. I mean, it hurts. It, it really, really does. Because like you're just taking, you're taking the whole, the whole spectacle out of it as well. Like I think one of my, one of my favorite competitions that there is, and people always ask, you know, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? It's the FA Cup. It's my, it's one of my favorites because you have a team. I wonder why. Like. Well, yes, that's fair. But you have a team like, say, uh, when we went, when Arsenal went to Sutton, let's say, when basically their whole home pitch has a capacity of 2,000, and you had Arsenal fans that they only allowed 200 to go. But you basically had this uh, on-pitch sort of setting where you you basically could reach out and you could touch Mesut Ozil, you can touch Alexis Sanchez at the time, you could you could touch Lauren Koscielny, you know. And but then the flip side of that is you have a team, say you have a you have a Wickham Wanderers, let's say, that will probably be playing in League One next year if they get relegated from the Championship. Or even lower, you go you go to any conference side where they go and they get drawn against Liverpool. And you have players that are not professional footballers, they're part-time, they're in the they're playing for this team to stay in shape while they're construction workers, whether they're lawyers on the side whether they are, you know, blue, blue collar sort of living, but then they get drawn against Liverpool and they get to go to Anfield. So here are these, you know, common folks for lack of a better phrase, going and playing against Liverpool at Anfield. That's what's so great about the FA cup. You won't have that anymore with now the big six looking to leave for this super league. You, you won't, well, yeah. you won't have that anymore. What I, th- I was thinking of um, earlier this year 
when uh, Man City took the trip to Chelton, Chelton Town. Yeah. Chelton, Cheltenham Town. Yep. Cheltenham Town. What a nice stadium, actually. I probably would hate it if we lost, but, you know, it, it's very nice looking. And, you know, it was so cool watching the game on TV, seeing the camera, seeing the different camera angles that you wouldn't normally see in a Premier in a big Premier League ground. It's cool that way. That's the other cool thing about this. It's taking the novelty out of the Champions League or just out of European football. Because how many times really, like every every couple of years, um, Man City plays Real Madrid or you have or Man City plays um, Bayern or other or you get other like heavyweight matchups like that Arsenal playing Barcelona um, heavy heavyweight matchups but now in the Super League that's going to be every year you're going to have that twice a year you're going to have that that's going to be every other week from what I gather you're going to have these matchups it's going to lose their luster it's going to be like well it's just going to be like an average Saturday or Sunday in the Premier League you won't you, you won't see anymore um, I'm just trying to think of some big time upsets that have happened over the years. You won't see uh, Wrexham beating Arsenal 3 2 in the FA Cup. You won't see uh, Bradford City beating Chelsea 4 2 in the FA Cup. Please you don't bring up Wigan. Please don't bring up Wigan. Please don't bring up Wigan. You won't see Wigan beating Man City in the FA Cup final. You, you won't see that. You won't even see. You won't see Oldham. You won't see Oldham going to Anfield and beating Liverpool. You, you, you won't see that. That's what this is about. This is about these higher, these higher institutions of football and air quotes trying to protect themselves from getting embarrassed by the little guy. But that's what makes football so great is that you have these smaller teams that can be competitive with the bigger teams on, on, on any basis whatsoever. I mean, like I said at the top, full of went to the Emirates who are full of are in 18th place in the Premier League are probably going to get relegated and they should have won the game. They should have beaten Arsenal at the Emirates 1-0. Well, they beat they, Liverpool they at Anfield also. Yeah, uh, they, they, great example. Yeah, they they ended up they won. They won at Anfield against against Liverpool. Yeah, Fulham. That's a great great point Adam. Um you, you you know, you won't see that anymore and I agree with what you said also with the luster of these these big ties, these big fixtures, the allure won't be there. The allure, the allure will not be there. A, a, a North London derby in the Super League? I don't want to fucking see that. Fuck that. And, and not to mention, what are you playing for? You're playing for a stupid Super League trophy? Like, nobody fucking wants that. Oh, no. maybe, maybe 10, year, 10 years later... Oh, what's your what's your trophy cabinet look like? Oh, yeah, we won we won this the Super League. We won the Super League. By the way, terrible fucking name. That's awful, absolutely awful name. By the way, but that's that's besides the point. Very un- unimaginative. Stupid. So fucking stupid. So it's so American. It hurts. And I and I could say that. Basically, what I'm getting where I'm getting to is, and um, I I heard. If anybody has not watched it, I, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it is absolutely terrific because I wanted to get my reaction out there first without any clouded judgment. If you haven't seen Gary Neville go off on 
Sky Sports, please do watch it. It is all it's all over Twitter. Um, again, I haven't seen it, but I know plenty of people who have sent it to me. And literally the second that this podcast gets done, I am going to be watching it just because I want to see what Gary Neville says because I, I, I respect the hell out of Gary Neville. I think he hits the nail on the head more times than not. Me too, even though I hate his guts. I mean, I hate the club that he played for, but uh, in, in, in most cases, I agree with a lot that he says. So I'll be very curious to, uh, to see. Honestly, I mean, I don't want to get anything out of you. Because I know yeah. the, I know what you're going to do when I say this. Sure. But if you saw Jamie Carragher's post on Twitter, it was about about this. It was it. also really good. Yeah, I did see it. I I, I, did. I did see that. And yeah, yeah, he he also hit the nail right on the head. Hit the yeah. nail, hit the nail right on the head. Um. I. Hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go down this avenue. As far as I'm concerned. And Adam, I don't know whether you agree or disagree with me. As far as I'm concerned, every single club that is involved in this, they should lose every single point that they have. If they're in any remaining cup ties, they should be removed immediately. There should be automatic relegation. There should be heavy fines levied. And I'm including Arsenal into this. Absolutely 100% relegate the fuck out of them. Relegate the fuck out of them. Relegate the fuck out of Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool. Relegate them all. Do it. Do it. The best part about that is that they're not all going to get promoted. They can't all get promoted the next season. Nope. Some of them are going to have to wait two more years or two two or three years to get promoted back to the Premier League. Good. Good. Hit, Hit these owners where it hurts. Right in their fucking pockets. That's the only way. That's the only way. Now, now the flip side to that coin also is, you know, what happens for next year? You know, will people watch the Premier League when it's 14 teams? And would they, would the same level of interest be there if there's not a top six? Probably not. Probably not. But you have to, you have to send a clear message that this is not going to fly. I don't know how you do that. Other than with what I just said, maybe you just, maybe, I don't know how you would do it if you're Liverpool because they're not in anything else for the remainder of the season. Maybe, maybe you impose Champions League bans on, on them. Maybe if they are in title races, you start deducting points, things like that. If you're in any remaining cup ties, you're instantly removed. Like I know, I know tomorrow there's a meeting being held by the UEFA uh, council, which is going to basically explore the avenue of removing Man City, Chelsea, Real Madrid, Arsenal, Manchester United from the remaining uh, champions and Europa League fixtures. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you relegate the top six, then you could just promote the top six from the championship. Good. That's an, that's an easy way to do it. And then it would be even that way. It's an easy way to do it. Yeah. You extend, you extend promotion, you extend relegation or yeah, no, you just, you drop the top six and keep Fulham up. Oh my God. That means Sam, Rowell, big Sam will never get, will still never get relegated. Big Sam, big Sam survives. This big is the Sam best. survives this is, again. 
This is the best, the best possible outcome. Keep, keep them, yeah, keep them all up. Uh, Sheffield United, keep them up. Absolutely. Arsenal, send them down. Man United, fuck them. Man City, fuck them. Chelsea, well, that, fuck them. Yeah, that would be I, weird. I am, I am beyond, beyond sick and tired of the greed, the selfishness, this lust for cash that these owners have consistently shown time and time again. And then now we're starting to really see this all into practice. And I, I, I tell you, it, it, it makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. It, re- it really, really does. And I, I can only hope that maybe this gets resolved. But I don't know. I don't know. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a, the, the death of modern football as we know it. At least yeah. I, I I think so too. I mean, the Premier League is also meeting today to without the big six teams to talk about what to do, what to do moving forward. Good. So that should be interesting. UEFA, you know, they confirmed that and this is from transfer news on Twitter. Uh, they confirmed that any player who takes part in the, in the European Super League will be banned from playing for their country and will not take part in any World Cup or Euros tournament. Excellent. And that's this summer also. Yep. So, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I really hope, I hope to God that someone at least has the brain cells to come around and say, you know, what are we, what are we exactly doing here? But I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think these, I think these people are just way too obsessed with again, lining their pockets and looking for a nice, easy payday. And it's a shame. It, it, it really, really is because I know at least for, for myself, for Arsenal, I thought that, we were a higher footballing standard and had more respect and class and honor and dignity than any other club. Victoria Concordia Crescent, victory through harmony. Means fucking nothing now. Means fucking nothing. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, it should be should be interesting to see what comes out of this. Um, if they ever even personally, I think they're just gonna just power through all the negative, all the negative, the negative uh, reaction to this. Just power through it and basically like fuck it. We're just, we're going through this. We put too much money in it already. We can't reverse it. Whatever oh, happens, they can happens. very easily reverse it. Very easily. It's not it's not as hard. Nothing nothing is planned. There's no fixtures written down. There's no rules. There's no nothing. All there is is just a letter of intent that is signed and financial backing from J.P. Morgan Chase that says this is going to happen. There's been no money transferred as far as I am aware. There's been nothing committed as far as a start date or anything like that. This is easily reversible if – these owners, these clubs 
feel the pressure of the supporters and know how poorly this is being received. And from everything that I've seen on Twitter so far, it, it, it's off to a better start than I could have possibly expected because it is, it is at least to the Emirates right now, it is full on war zone. My, I'm going to finish on this. Sure. A hypothetical. So it's easily reversible because obviously it's just a, it's just a, you know, prototype plant just in the blueprint stages, but can they put the toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak? Cause now we all know that given that given half a chance, these clubs would go and separate and form their own European super league closed off to everybody, their own boys club. Um, with blackjack and hookers. It's a way to put it. It's definitely a way to put it. And, and, and one more, I'll, I'll leave everyone with this too. Um, to every single person in the hierarchy of these clubs that played a factor into this decision, go fuck yourselves, number one. Number two, there was something I just scrolled past on Twitter that Mikel Arteta, manager of Arsenal, did not know about the decision. Him or his players did not know about the decision to join the Super League until the letter of intent was released. Same thing with Jurgen Klopp in Liverpool. Same thing with Pep Guardiola in Manchester City. If that's true, that, that's these, so fucked that up. the hierarchy of these clubs did not even let their own staff and players know that this was coming, they can well and truly go fuck themselves. Bunch of arrogant, greedy bastards. Well, I mean, it's one thing to not consult, you know, the supporters, trust. Oh, the, of- the, 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 whole, the whole club fan relation thing is dead. That, 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 that's dead. That, that, well, that is well yeah. and truly dead. When they say they're they're for the fans, bullshit. They're not for they're not for the fans. Absolutely not. No, well, I was gonna say, you know, that's one thing, not not telling the fans or the supporters trusts of each of the clubs, but not telling your managers of the first team that, that you're even thinking about doing this, that this is happening. Players? How about the players? Or the players. Well, this either. probably affects the most. Because yeah. now you have, say you have someone like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who just signed a three-year contract extension with Arsenal, who's being paid a very nice wage by Arsenal Football Club. He's going to see this, and he's playing in the African Cup of Nations next January with Gabon. If he's told that he can't be playing in the African Cup of Nations, you think he's going to stay at Arsenal? Fuck no. I no, he, I he switched. He switched national teams to play for Gabon. Also, right. Look Wasn't at he previously playing for France. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. at look at someone like also uh, Phil Foden. Phil Foden from Manchester City. Yeah, he's probably in line to go to his first major tournament with the English national team in the summer at the Euro. You think Phil Foden is going to stay at Manchester City? if he's not going to be able at 20 years old to play in the Euro this summer and then uh, the World Cup in a couple of years? Fuck no. 
Absolutely not. He's not staying. No. And what about Ke- and neither will be will Kevin. Kevin think Kevin no going? chance. Hazard probably not. Nope. How about how about Sadio Mane? How about Mohamed Salah? How about uh, Virgil Mary Van Dyke? How about Marcus Rashford? How about how about Bruno Fernandes? How about Harry Mason Kane? Mount? How about Mason Mount? How about uh, Hakim Ziyech? How about Christian Pulisic? Yeah. Not a fucking chance. Not Sergio Ramos, Gerard Piquet, Lionel Messi. Well, Sergio Ramos can get out of Real Madrid in the summer. That's true. His, his contract's up, so he can he can very easily walk. But Bruno Fernandes has a five and a half year contract left, so he's there with Man- with Manchester United. But if he's told that, oh, we're playing in the Super League, but you can't play for Portugal, he's going to go. Or Paul Pogba also playing well, for Pogba, France. Pogba's probably going to go one way or the other. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Mino Raiola. You, you piece of shit. I'm surprised that he had – that he – you'd think that his his uh, grubby fingerprints would be all over this, but no. Nope. He's, he's the other guy. No, but no, he's, he's not. You would expect Stan Kroenke's grummy fingerprints to be all over this, and it is. Yes, exactly. Absolute well, piece of shit. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've exhausted this long enough. Oh, I can go. I can I can go on with this for like five hours. Yeah, but but you know, I don't have I don't have the vocal cord strength to uh, to do it. But I will I will leave everybody with this. No to the Super League. And fuck Stan Kroenke. How how long have I been saying that one, Adam? A uh, long time. About it's as long never as been truer than on this. More truer than on this day. Yep. Fuck Stan Kroenke. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast with Bird. They're usually hosted by hosted by Bird and Jake, and sometimes me. Um, and also, you can listen to Bird and I talk about fantasy football on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. That's tomorrow. That well, is happier times. Tomorrow. Happier times. Although we are talking about uh, draft busts, so maybe maybe not, or fantasy draft busts. So maybe so maybe not. It could still be fun. Put it yeah. this way: it'll be it'll be it'll be much more um, happy and uh, and chipper than than this discussion. Exactly. And you can find episodes of all that, of all those shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. And I think that's it at this that's point. It. I don't think I missed anything. Hit the nail on the head. Um, keep your inboxes open tomorrow when we will be having another episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. And like I said, talking about Draft Bus. And then also in the near future, we're going to be doing a special mock draft for the NFL draft. And that's going to be the three main members of the Basement Talk podcast. That is Bird, Bird, Jake, and myself. And we're Thursday going to be doing being recorded. Being recorded a full Thursday will be released probably, probably Tuesday. It'll be on two separate platforms. So, uh, Basement Talk podcast finished. Sugar's one to sixteen, uh, one to fifteen, excuse me, and then uh, Basement Talk podcast will get sixteen and thirty-two, and those will be. Those will be released at the same time. Yep. And then um, essentially we're going to be doing a full, yeah, full first round. So 
for my co-host at Birdsville, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time on the Baseball Talk Podcast. Fuck Stan Crawford. Bye-bye.